Hey friends, this is Natalie with Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver, and you're listening to our special series, Diary of a Caregiver, Unashamed, Unafraid, and Uncut. In this series, I'm reading the entries from the caringbridge.com website that I use to provide updates to our family and friends, as well as post photos and videos. Um, We are posting the transcript and the photos, which of course you don't want to miss in our Facebook group caregiver confession. So if you haven't joined yet, mosey on over there and take a little look. And we'd love for you to follow us um, because I think you'll find there's lots of great resources and so on and so forth. And it's a great way to connect with JJ and myself uh, as well, because we absolutely post and all that good stuff on there. So let's get to today's entry. There are two because they were there was one in the morning and there was one in the afternoon. And so I'm going to put them both together. So this is entry 20 from June 13th, 2022, and it is titled Big Day One of Two. Here we go. Good morning, friends. This is going to be brief as I'll write more about our weekend shenanigans later. Today is big day one of two. We have the F-MISO PET scan. This will tell us um, if Jason finishes radiation on day 15, which is next Monday, or go on for another 20 sessions. We have tons of appointments today, but the scan is at 1.45 this afternoon. Need lots of prayers and good thoughts. Jason does not feel good. His mouth is very uncomfortable, and he's anxious about the scan results. We both are. Channeling all the good thoughts, vibes, and prayers. We know we are not alone in this. Love you all. Nat. Hmm. Okay. Here is a little bit later after end of day. And I titled it Entry 20, June 13th, 2022, one hour and 45 minutes. So separate titles, apparently. Apparently, I was feeling frisky. Let's get started. Some of you know that I'm a sucker for all things romance, TV shows, movies, and books. I lovingly refer to these shows and books as, quote, unrealistic expectations of men. Unquote. Say yes to the dress, the Hallmark Channel, especially fall festivals and Christmas love stories on that channel, Briggerton and Teeny Bopper movies like She's All That or 10 Things I Hate About You. I love them. And of course, you cannot leave out romance novels, especially the historical ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all women's lib and girl power, but I still love romance. If you watch any of them, especially Hallmark, you know the first hour and 45 minutes are all about falling in love. But then you have about 10 minutes of angst. You can feel it. You worry a little and think, how are they going to get this straightened out? On the side, you know there's no way they live in a house, pretty much this giant mansion like that running a bakery, but it's fine. You just roll with it. That's not remotely true. Then as quickly as you worry, they'll never be together. 
you notice how much time is remaining while looking forward, uh, while forwarding through the commercials. You note that there's only 13 minutes left. And of course, no, they're going to wrap this up and happily ever after will be here by a minute and 57 seconds. Run the credits, people. That's how the last couple of days have felt up to today. The weekend was good. Saturday, we went for hydration, hashtag not a facial, and walked all the way back a full 20 blocks to our apartment. I was definitely owning my city girl status as we walked. Jason was not feeling it as much, but he's a team player and trekked with me. Of course, you know I can't pass by Trader Joe's without going in, so we did. Jason never goes to the grocery store, as it's not really his thing, and I use it as my self-care slash me time. He didn't appreciate playing Tetris with the groceries, which is code for how am I going to perfectly fit all the food in the book bag. But I'm a pro now, and of course, won that game. Now, I'm carrying 50 pounds of water, but no way was I going to admit I overpacked. A city girl's got her rep to maintain, you know. I truly love the hustle and bustle of the city, the people, and of course, the bougie dogs. Ultimately, our day was filled with completing his treatment, a grocery store run, and then home to order out dinner and watch TV. It was a pleasant, low-key evening watching Love on the Spectrum, U.S. version. If you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. Note the love theme. It's really important. It shows how we all want love, relationship, and connection. I love watching these adults navigate dating. The dating scene is hard enough already, but when you add in being on the spectrum, you see how these different abilities can introduce additional challenges. It's both painful and beautiful, and I'm always rooting for them to find their perfect match. It's funny. As it was getting closer to bedtime, you could feel the heaviness in the air, the weight of it lurking in the shadows another day closer. It would be here soon, before you knew it, actually. As we turned out the lights, I looked out the window at our magnificent view and paused. I needed to stop and take it in as I didn't know when I'd have an opportunity like this in the future. I sat on the couch, looking out at the beautiful skyline, wondering about the inhabitants and their lives. What challenges did they face? They were not so different, were they? It was the most beautiful night. Jason came over, and after expressing my wonder and amazement with the skyline, he shared that he didn't really see it the same way. That was okay. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But he did appreciate it. We started talking about Mary Poppins, and I explained how I imagined, like when I was in London, how she would go from building to building using her umbrella. And that's when he shared a very personal story that I hadn't heard before. This was a first, as I typically know all the, quote, Jason should have been arrested, maimed, or killed with 
Rich, Dan, and Glenn stories, unquote. But he said when he was little, maybe eight or nine, he jumped off the roof of their home on Main Street. This is a one-story home, okay? But he jumped off with an umbrella to see if he could fly like Mary Poppins. It was one of the sweetest things he'd ever told me about his childhood. Of course, he quickly found out he could not fly, which resulted in a bad sprain or two and skin, knees, and elbows. I chose not to ask what his mother said about that little jump, LOL. What made this so special is that he was a child who didn't have the easiest of childhoods. It was not uncommon for him to be responsible for his twin brothers, who were seven years younger, while he, his mother worked tirelessly to support them. It was a glimpse of him actually being a child. Sharing that experience meant a lot to me. Sunday. It flew by. Laundry. Jason made potato soup. Total yum. I worked out. I FaceTimed and had calls with loved ones. And of course, more love on the spectrum. Thank you, Netflix. It was Sunday night, and I knew that meant Monday was upon us. And not only was it still here, the other thing had finally shown up, pain. Over the last two weeks, slowly but surely, the radiation and chemotherapy had been doing its job. That's right. That's good, right? Of course, we celebrate that. But there's always a cost, a sacrifice that has to be paid when you intentionally poison your body. Over the last several days, I noticed his neck going from tan to having red streaks from the radiation. He reported feeling a tingling sensation moving up his throat and into the back of his mouth. Not painful, but more uncomfortable. Since Friday, every meal has progressively tasted worse and worse to the point that he was ordering anything and everything, but with no success. Simply put, food tastes awful. That's hard for someone who has nine grills and loves to cook. We take eating for granted. Food serves as more than just sustenance. It's connection. Food fosters conversation. Eating serves as a vehicle used to build relationship and express love. It can release chemicals or endorphins that bring joy and happiness. So when it tastes awful, you do not want to eat, and you lose all the extra benefits that come as a result of eating. It's painful to watch him go from food to food trying to find the good taste, but only seeing a distressed look on his face. After finishing his PET scan today, we finally got to eat at 3 o'clock. We had been going since 6.30 a.m. He was so excited and hungry due to the time without food. With every bite, I witnessed disappointment, disillusion, and discouragement. Sadly, food no longer brings satisfaction and joy, but instead, pain. 
when he tried eating pineapple, something he absolutely loves, the acidity was too much and he experienced physical pain. Although he suspected, this reaction confirmed the sores had formed on the far back of his tongue. And I felt that pain too for him. When you love someone, their joy is your joy. Their pain is your pain. I encouraged him to try something else until the pain subsided. What we learned today is no more pineapple or anything acidic. Day 10. Here we are, one hour and 45 minutes into our show, and the angst is here. The crescendo. It's always been with us. Like a guest you wish would just leave. Go home. We're tired. But no, we sit and wait and smile, pretending just a little while longer. Tomorrow at 4.30, Dr. Lee will say one of two things. One, it worked. And that will bring about feelings of elation. Or two, she'll tell us, it's not time yet. And, well, I'm not even going to try to describe them, those feelings really, as I'm choosing to be half full. I believe our prayers will be answered. A dear friend, a dear friend sent me a message last week encouraging me to read the book of John. Thank you, Siri. I'd read it before, but I thought, if she feels like I should, then I will. And it was different. John recalls the story of Jesus' life and teachings. He skips to the good part where all the miracles happen, where Jesus is teaching and showing up and through those actions to believe he is the one. Jesus goes all through the countryside doing miracles, and yet people struggled to believe. They wanted to, but were human. And he knew it. But he kept doing acts that would help us believe. Additionally, you see several occasions where he could have been killed by the soldiers or the Pharisees, but he says to the disciples, quote, it's not my time, unquote and slips away. Eventually, the time was right, which was decided by God, and Jesus knowingly and willingly became the Lamb. He trusted in God as he knew the sacrifice he had to make for all of us. I tell you this as I'm trying to be emotionally prepared for the answer tomorrow. The waiting is excruciating, especially when I know the results are already in. We just haven't been told. It's about his timing. For me, what I took away from the book of John is that it's in God's timing, not mine or Jason's or anyone else. Sometimes we must take the suffering and choose to grow through it, not just go through it. We can ask for God to bring us out of this trial when he wants us to ask him to walk through it with us. And kindness, through it all, love one another 
like I have loved you. I keep experiencing kindness at every turn. I've talked about it in the past, but it just keeps showing up. I've decided to step up and stop being satisfied with being a three, which is meets, and be a five consistently above and beyond. That's what I was meant to be. I'm a five. Be humble and kind towards all, especially to those who have been unkind to me. Who, girl, wrap it up. Tonight, I will pray for understanding, acceptance, humility, gratitude, and kindness. I will need each of these for the answer tomorrow. He already knows the answer and his perfectly planned timing. He will reveal it. He's always with us and you every step of the way. Holding on to this verse and asking, quote, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted, unquote. John 15, 7. I'm asking in Jesus's name, please allow this to be the time when we can stop that he is healed through your power and grace. Amen. I love you all. We will notify everyone as soon as we know the answer. Natalie. I can't begin to tell you how hard that that day was. I mean, we'd had the scans and and just to sit there and just know the answer is setting somewhere on a database and and you're just all these thoughts, you're just wondering through everything. And, and it really is, it really is like, I, I do love Hallmark movies and, you know, I love watching them. There's such a guilt. They're my guilty confession is I love Hallmark movies. I love romance movies. And you, you, it's true. you like, everything is going great and they find each other and everything's going good. And then like eh, one minute or one hour and 45 minutes into it. And it's like, oh my gosh, something has happened. There's been some confusion, total life. But in a mere 10 minutes, <laughs> it's all worked out and everything's okay. And we just hug it out. Maybe there's a kiss. Um, and then it's over. And the reality is, is that life doesn't really work that way. And thinking about it a year later, it's the same thought as like when the doctor said, and I'll talk about this in later journal entries, you're cured. Go live your life that you don't, nobody tells you about the life you'll live after cancer. I'll talk about that later, but it's not the life you had before. And you can still find joy in your new normal. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.